Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Crosses and Graces. My name is Peter Holm, and today we are going to talk about Ignatius of Loyola and his rules for discernment. So, before we get started, I want to remind everyone, please subscribe to the Restoring the Faith channel, and thank you all for uh, checking us out here. Please subscribe to the Ecumen channel, like this video if it helps you, make sure to throw me comments on the bottom here. I'm happy to answer them, and if you have other topics or questions, just please throw them my way. And uh, yeah, it's my pleasure to be able to help you guys learn more about our Catholic faith. There's so much to learn in a lifetime. There's no way we could get it all. But you know what? I will do what I can to help you guys out. We'll keep reading and we'll uh, learn and grow together. So, all right. Without further ado, all right. Discerning spirits. So I'm going to thank Nick for uh, suggesting this topic. Now, as Catholics, we know that definitively we can send prayers and receive messages from spirits. This is pretty cool, all right? Problem is, we don't know necessarily whether we're getting messages from evil spirits or from God, because unfortunately, evil spirits, they lie, okay? So how do we go and figure out who is right, who is good, and who isn't? And this is where it requires a lot of discipline, a lot of virtue, and a whole bunch of other rules and teachings so that we can ensure that if someone's trying to communicate with us and it's good, we can take that message to heart and do something about it for the glory of God. And if it's bad, we know we just throw it out. Now, I want to be clear here. We are Catholics, okay? We have to be going to Mass every Sunday, every holy day of obligation. We got to pray. We got to offer penances. We must do corporal and spiritual works of mercy. And we got to be virtuous in everything, okay? Just like James says, if we violate one part of the law, we violate all of it. Well, that means we got to be virtuous everywhere. So I can't just sack one virtue and say I'm doing good on the rest. No, virtue all the time. Now, what does that mean? That means that if we do all these things, it's because we love God first. That's what we're trying to show here. This is not about me going to heaven alone. Because really, me going to heaven is an effect Yes, it's part of my desire, but God has to be my number one focus. God's love, okay? Um, I don't need to see spirits or get messages from anything outside of the things that I have to do, the people here on earth, the scriptures that were given to me, the tradition, the magisterium, my priests, my bishops. When all the things are going the way God wants them to go, I shouldn't have to be getting outerly world supernatural messages, okay? We can still be Catholics and still be saved without all of that stuff. Now, the thing is, though, sometimes there are individuals who are in a state of grace, who are being very devout Catholics, and God requests that they go above and beyond that. And other times, well, there are troubled spirits who aren't even close to being on the right path, and God says, I'm going to choose you out of the mix, and you're going to come with me now. And he changes their direction, okay? But how do all of us know which ones of those messages and which one of those calls are real versus Satan trying to look like something is supposed to be good or any other random demon or spirit? 
even if they call themselves, say, Spirit of Vatican II or Spirit of 76 or even the Holy Spirit. There's many spirits they can try to call themselves or look like and not actually be real. But how do we tell? What do we got to do? Well, thankfully, uh, the church helps us here. So the church is responsible for reviewing apparitions. Whenever people see things or hear things um, and we don't know whether or not it's real, the church can actually look at this and tell us. That's awesome. That means the church actually has the responsibility to go through and review it with their authority. Bishops, that's what they do, successors of the apostles. And they'll tell us whether or not something is real or not. That's how we can have then definitive apparitions like those at Fatima, those at Guadalupe, those at Akita in Japan, um, or versus those that we see as Our Lady of Bayside, Our Lady of Medjugorje, things that are a little bit more questionable where we actually have bishops who've said, uh-uh. okay? So there are differences there in terms of apparitions, and sometimes it's not always Mary, sometimes it's other stuff, but bishops, all right, fall back on the church. This is not up to us. Now, when the church has ruled, we really got to go with it, okay? Our job here is obedience. If we have solid prelates, and in certain cases we do, okay, that not all clergy are bad, not all clergy are good, but when they make a ruling and say, this is official, this is real, you can believe it then let's trust them, okay? And if they say, no, you can't believe it, then that means we have to go and have faith in them and say, maybe this thing's not real and obedience tells me I got to back off, okay? That means then we at least have one safeguard here to avoid getting something that's false. Now, that doesn't mean that you're not going to have a moment or things that happen to you and then you're going to sit there and go, oof, I don't know what their message, what that was from, okay? And whether it was dreams or other things like that, then what do we do? Well, to be perfectly honest, St. John of the Cross and even some of the examinations of conscience out there tell us, don't listen to your dreams and don't pay attention to them when there's something that just looks like it's trying to pull you, okay? Whatever it is. And if it's very inspiring and you remember it because it was that vivid, okay, great. Um, But don't follow it. You don't know yet whether or not it's good or bad, okay? So remember that. We don't know. And to go even above and beyond the teachings of St. John of the Cross, which he has a lot on this, and above what the church says, or says don't have faith in dreams right out of the gate. Um, because again, why would that be? Because if God wants to get a hold of you and he goes to you in a dream, he's going to keep doing it. Not only is he going to keep doing it, you will remember that dream perfectly. It will say everything succinctly in a way that you can understand it. And it will be done in a way where every single teaching completely aligns with every true teaching of the church that has ever been from the beginning of time. And that means the magisterium, the tradition, and the scriptures will all align with whatever that truth would be that you would see, okay? Because if it doesn't, well, then it's not right. Now, Ignatius of Loyola gives us 14 rules to cover this whole process as a complement to his spiritual exercises. If you haven't read the book, I highly recommend it. Um, I figure what we'll do here as we finish out this video here, I'm going to go over those rules just really quick so that you guys can then put these in your head and run through it and make sure when we're talking about things that happen to you and messages that could come from the supernatural side or, unfortunately, if the Praetor Natural tries to get a hold of you, know whether or not you've got something that's good or bad, something you should ignore, something maybe not you should just go and discern and pray more to figure it out, okay? So when we want to go and get something here, um, we have to be in a state of grace, okay, in full alignment to God, complete union with him, and making sure that we are detaching ourselves from the world, separating ourselves from the earthly things, and all of that type of stuff. Now, that right there covers the first rule, okay? 
complete union with God and detachment from worldly things. Second rule, we must be dedicated to God above all things, okay? Rooting out all of our defects. If you don't actually want to improve, you're not going to improve. There's no chance. Now, there may be more work to do, but you have to be seeking to get rid of those primary defects. Third, consolation can be a good thing when we love our Lord and we feel sad for his sufferings and offenses against him. And that's how we increase our virtue, okay? But consolation is when you have that good feeling wash over you because you know you're doing something for the glory of God. That's, that's awesome. And in prayer, sometimes we get those things. But then here we go with the fourth point here. Desolation, the opposite of consolation. This is where darkness of the soul, where joy, motivation, hope, and all other happiness seems lost. Um, John of the Cross writes Dark Night of the Soul to describe this. Uh, St. Alphonsus covers spiritual desolation in a great homily that he had given specifically on this topic because he dealt with this, the spiritual desolation thing, for about six years, actually, near the end of his life. Um, it's difficult, hard to overcome, um, but is only offered by God because he knows that we can overcome it with him. And desolation, separation from God, that feeling, that knowledge that we are here, uh, only comes because God wants us to grow closer to him and fall back on him and rely on him when we feel the darkest and when we feel the most desolate. All right. So rule number five, desolation requires firm determination to stay on course and fight through it with virtue to reach God at the other side. Okay. So don't give up. You know, there are a lot of dark points and, and especially now of all times in history, there are a lot of dark times. Okay. Fight through to the end, fight through to heaven, fight through to God. Okay. Um, rule six, while staying on course with God, allow God's grace to change ourselves for the better. It's going to hurt, okay? Change is not easy. And if cancer treatments cause more pain in the near term to get rid of cancer, if pulling a tooth hurts in the temporary to get it better, if giving stitches hurts until it's closed up, this is the analogies I would give to say this is what grace does. Grace working will hurt. It's just what comes with it. But if Christ could go on a cross for you, maybe we can deal with that pain. So those are six rules so far. Rule seven, never forget that God has lovingly given us this challenge to overcome it through his grace. Again, he's only going to give us something that he knows we can get through it. But we then have to believe that one, we can get through it. Two, we know his grace is there. And three, we do what he asked us to do. Okay. So we, we got this. All right. As long as we're with him and we remember it, we're on point. Rule eight, patience is essential. Excuse me. Patience is essential to discernment and recognizing good or evil. Don't try and rush this, guys. All right? Don't try and rush. You don't know what necessarily he's trying to tell you. We are weak beings. We can only see, you know, this much, our eyes, our brains. We're imperfect. Patience. There has to be some sort of a faith that if God wants to talk to us, he is going to ensure that he has given us a message in a way that we're going to know that this is good. That means he's going to keep hitting it over and over and over again. And we're going to see alignment to the teachings of the church. We're going to be able to talk to our priests and they're going to be maybe even doubt us at first, just like Juan Diego, our lady of Guadalupe. He was doubted at first and it kept happening, kept happening until finally it was proven true. Okay. Patience. These don't happen overnight. All right. Rule nine. Desolation results from our failings. His desire to see us cling to him in times of need and to give us knowledge and devotion to our Lord. Desolation only comes to us because there are great opportunities for grace that lie in it. And we have to have faith in God that that desolation has a purpose, okay? Don't doubt him when the pain comes. Christ didn't doubt him when the nails were going into his hands, okay? Christ didn't doubt him when he was being scourged. 
He knew why he was there. And we have to go and have that same faith and confidence in God the whole time. Just like we watch our Lord in those moments of, of just uh, suffering. Okay. We can do this now. Rule 10, never forget that desolation follows consolation. Okay. Gain strength in those consolation periods as we prepare for desolation. So they go hand in hand. We're going to feel good sometimes, but know that when we feel good, take advantage of it. Thank God that it's happening and say, give me all the strength I'm going to need because desolation is going to follow and you're going to feel this one now and it's going to hurt. And then you prep to sit there and say, all right, I got to get all the way through. I got to deal with all this pain because there's going to be more times of consolation. But again, it's having those long view, the, the multiple buildup of, of grace and that long perspective to make sure we're following those other rules to know that God has a plan, God has grace, and we can make it through, okay? Rule 11, in consolation, humble yourself in preparation for desolation. And in desolation, know that we can overcome such trials by the grace of God. Kind of what I just said to kind of complement rule 10 there. Now, rule 12, the enemy is determined and cunning. Okay, that's just how Satan is. Demons are terrible. They never sleep. They're very strong. They're very smart. He'll fight with tenacious intensity. And he's not going to fight fair. Satan will do anything he can to tear you down and never doubt that for a minute. You do not ever have one up on him. The only thing you got is grace in God, which means you have to always fall back. No confidence in yourself. Confidence only in God. Right use of your faculties in prayer. Again, the four rules of the spiritual combat. They go really well here with the Ignatian rules for discernment, okay? So let's make sure we remember it, that Satan's going to fight hard. We have to fight hard, and we have to be disciplined when we do this fight. Otherwise, we cannot win, all right? Now, 13, do not keep secrets regarding foul intentions. Seek out, conf- seek out a confessor and bring the dark thoughts to light so that they may be remedied and severed from us, Okay? If your eye offends, cut it out. If the hand offends, cut it off. This is the same thing with bad thoughts. This is the same thing with all of our vices. We have to be seeking out some way with a confessor to handle these types of issues, okay? So don't hold these things inside because they corrupt us. They rot us from the inside and they weaken our ability to properly see what's going on around us, to discern when we're getting messages or seeing something or trying to learn something or to get better, um, all of those faults that we hold on to will inhibit our progress forward. All right. And the last rule, 14, the devil will attack our weaknesses. So be disciplined and be vigilant so we will not be overtaken. Faith in God all the time, okay? And never have too much confidence. Don't be overconfident in yourself. We are failed beings over and over and over again. We needed baptism to get to this point, And still all of us sinned after our baptisms, okay? That should strike you as oh, really heavy, okay? So we can always fall back into sin. The devil's going to keep coming after us, which means the only way we are going to get out of this, commit yourself to living with God in his example, with his grace, by his laws, with complete virtue, and know that every time you fail, you're going to get back up, you're going to follow these rules, you're going to be a good Catholic, you're going to follow the spiritual combat rules, And we can do this. We got this. We can win. Because at the same time, while we're trying to do this and keep ourselves together, we got to be teaching other people and bringing them into the same truth so they can have a chance to get better as well. All right? So, what do you think? Can we listen to God, maintain our discipline, distrusting ourselves, have faith in everything that he can give us, in his grace, direct our faculties towards his glory, 
and pray, 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 okay? To God, to the Blessed Mother in our rosaries, with our devotionals like the Angelus and those mass prayers that we're going to offer every single time we go. Can we do that? All right? Are you with me? Again, all in. We cannot go halfway towards Christ. Christ did not walk halfway to Calvary and leave the, the cross of, you know, ah, I'm just going to leave it here. I'm going to go grab a beer. No, that would be terrible. And it, we wouldn't have actually been able to be saved, okay? We would not be redeemed. He went all the way, okay? Infinite God went all the way. You can go all the way. So I hope you're with me. Hopefully this episode was helpful for you. The Ignatian rules for discernment. If you follow all these rules, you will be able to see clearly the messages that are coming at you to know which are good and which are bad, all right? So I thank you for your time here. Again, subscribe to the Restoring the Faith channel. Subscribe to the Ecumen channel. Like this video if it helped. Throw comments down there. And please share this. If it helps you and you're like, wait a minute, I know someone who could actually use this. Cool. Get it to them so they can hear it. And let's teach more people, okay? Thank you all for your time. May God bless us all. And St. Joseph, pray for us. All right. Thank you all. See you next time.